Okay. There's a mitzvah, it's a Torah portion. Go in God's ways. And Sifri explains that just like God is called Chanun, he's called benevolent, you should be benevolent. Mahu nikra rachum, just like God is called merciful, you should be merciful. Mahu nikra chasid, just like God is called a chasid, God is called someone who is kind, so too must we be kind, benevolent, and merciful. That's what the, the Torah says. The Rambam lists all the commandments of the Torah, and he puts this down as one of the 613 mitzvahs. The issue is this. There is a, a certain criteria to be listed as one of the 613 mitzvahs. Or to be listed as one of, one of, the, one of the 613 mitzvahs, the mitzvah cannot be something that is already connected with other mitzvahs. So it seems over here, this mitzvah, go in God's ways, morning, is something that's not, it's not unique. In other words, it's, a, it's called a mitzvah koelelis. It's, it's a mitzvah which includes many things. So since it's a mitzvah which includes many things, it's, it's, it's part of the general um, obligations that we have to Hashem that isn't, it doesn't sound like it's unique. And we have to say that if the Ramam counts us as one of the 613 commandments, there's something here that's not in other commandments. There's something about this mitzvah, go in God's ways, which isn't, um, which isn't included in other commandments. So the question is, what is this mitzvah, go in God's ways, and how does it differ to um, all the other commandments of Hashem? The answer is this. The Torah says, go in God's ways. The key word over here is go, movement. Hashem is saying that when you do a mitzvah, the mitzvah should cause some kind of change in you. The Gemara says, mitzvah gereres mitzvah. One mitzvah leads to another. Why does one mitzvah lead to another? Because the mitzvah itself has such sanctity, such holiness, that by doing the mitzvah, any mitzvah, it draws you to another mitzvah because of the light of Hashem that is, that is in you. So that's true, that a mitzvah itself brings you to do another mitzvah. But the effect that a mitzvah has on you isn't necessarily noticeable. It has some kind of effect inside you, but doesn't necessarily um, change your persona immediately. It must cause some impact. Every mitzvah, because of what a mitzvah is, has some kind of a impact on a person. For example, the Alter says, when you do an act of kindness, it causes your heart and mind to become a thousand times more purified, more clear. And as it's a Tzedek said, doesn't mean an exaggeration, it means literally 1,000 times. And as the Rebbe explained, that if it takes you an hour to figure something, a thousand hours to figure something out, you have to figure it out in one hour. So the mitzvah itself does some purification, it does refine you, that's true. So what then is the mitzvah of the The mitzvah is that it shouldn't be something that um, has an inner effect on you, but it's something that you yourself feel the mitzvah has done to you. The mitzvah itself has brought you somewhere you weren't before. You experience the mitzvah in a way that, that there's a change. Debra Hashab was once speaking about the concept in Hasidic lexicon called Pnimi. Pnimi is usually translated as being 
um, inside what you're doing, to be real, what you're doing. But that Rashab explained that Pnimi doesn't just mean that you are very excited about what you're doing. Pnimi means that you're changed by what you've done. In other words, Rashab contrasts Pnimi with this term in the Gemara called Koboile Kachpolte. Gemara discusses the laws of salting meat. And the Gemara says that in certain scenarios, um, the, in order to make a meat kosher, um, you're salt, you salt the meat to bring out the blood of the meat, so that once the non-kosher blood leaves the meat, so then the rest of the meat is kosher. So the salt in the meat brings out the blood. But salt is also, in halacha, salt is also something that causes a connection. If two things are salted together, then one item, let's say one, the two items are salted together, one is kosher, one's not kosher, the kosher item will become not kosher just because it's salted. If, it's, if, they, if they stay together for a certain amount of time, so then, depending how salty it is, um, the non-kosher item can make the kosher item non-kosher, just like if you cook two items together. So the kosher item becomes not kosher because and, and it, it absorbs the taste of the non-kosher item, so when they're salted together. So how do we say that when you salt meat, it causes the blood to leave the piece of meat, it also causes the blood to be salted with the meat, and therefore it causes the meat to absorb the blood as well. Says the Talmud, as it absorbs, that's how it spits it out. And actually, because the meat is right now concentrating on bringing out its taste, it bringing out its blood, it's not going to absorb. So Rashab said that the meaning of Pnimi is distinct. Being, the meaning of being inside a mitzvah, being inside what you're doing, is not just that you're excited about what you're doing. It's, it, it's that it's, you're changed by it. Instead of Kaboyle Kachpolte, that the same way you absorb the experience, the same way you spit out the experience, Pnimi means that you're, there's something in you that is now altered, something changed, something better in you because of the experience. And that is a mitzvah of Hashem, of the going God's ways, that there should be movement. Mitzvahs are called the ways of Hashem. Okay, you know that. The Torah says that the mitzvahs are called ways of Hashem. Here the Torah adds something. You should move in God's ways. The mitzvah should cause some kind of a change. And the Torah is very specific about the kind of change it wants. The word the Torah uses is you should go. What, what is the, the emphasis of the word as opposed to other um, words that denote movement? There's a verse, I will give you people who walk among all those who stand. That's what the Pasuk says. This verse, this, this, these words that God told the prophet Yeshaya, that those words are about the journey of the soul to this world. When a soul is in heaven, and angels are in heaven, they ascend every single day. Every prayer, three times a day, they say these prayers, and they go to a different place they were before. They're in a higher place they were before. Shachas, Minchamer, they ascend. But each level of ascent is not called a real movement. Why? Because every place they go is traceable to the place that they left. It's not, a, it's not completely a dramatic movement away from where they were before. Let's say, for example, in, in studying Torah. Avram, you're, you're opening a Chumash. From the Chumash, you can learn the Rashi. 
from the Rashi, you can learn the comments on Rashi. The comments on Rashi, you can go to the Gemara. From the Gemara, you can go to the Mishnah. And the Mishnah, you can go to the Gemara. From the Gemara, you can go to Shulchan Aruch. And from Shulchan Aruch, you can go to the commentaries on Shulchan Aruch. Until you can go to the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. And you can go all the way from the Gemara and the Rashi and the Tosos and the commentaries on Tosos. And you could draw a line from the initial mish- the verse in the Torah that you learned all the way to the final halacha on the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. It's possible that everything you study builds on what you did before. And you build and you build and you build until you know and you have a real building of Torah. But in that process, each step is connected to the, to the part before. You need each step to get to the part before. That means that every step forward is connected somewhat to where, where you were before. It's not, there's no clear jumping away from where you were before. That's not called movement. That's not called walking. Walking is when there's, a, there's no comparison to where you were before. And you don't need, and the steps before aren't helpful. The steps before actually mess up the, the, the future steps. Like the Gemara says about Reb Zayda. The Gemara says that Reb Zayda wanted to learn the Jerusalem Talmud. Before learning the Jerusalem Talmud, he wanted to forget the Babylonian Talmud. In order to forget the Babylonian Talmud, he fasted 40 fasts or 100 days of no eating. In order to be able to understand the Jerusalem Talmud, he, uh, he fasted for a hundred days. Why did he want to forget the Jerusalem Talmud? Just learn the Babylonian Talmud. Usually, the Talmud says, The words of Torah are poor in one place, and they're rich in other places. Sometimes you're learning one uh, part of the Talmud, and you need to learn to other parts of the Talmud to understand the part that you're in. That's what you notice in the newer, the last couple of decades, in the new, newer editions of Talmud, they put in every volume of Talmud, not just Rashi's comment on that page, but they also cross-reference and they bring other similar Rashi's that comment in other places in the Talmud. And it's very helpful because you're learning Rashi in one place, you don't know the whole picture. You look at Rashi's other five commentaries and five other places in the Talmud and, you, and you're able to cross-reference what Rashi says here and to, to other four places in the Talmud. It really gives you a full picture of, of the subject. So. Why would Reb Zeyra want to forget the, the Babylonian Talmud when he wants to learn the Jerusalem Talmud? Wouldn't his knowledge of the Babylonian Talmud assist him to understand the Jerusalem Talmud? And the answer is no. The Jerusalem Talmud and the Babylonian Talmud are completely different. The Babylonian Talmud is analogous to being in a dark room and not knowing where the door is. Ever, ever happened to you, Abraham? Have you ever been in a dark room and not know where the door is? You ever had that experience? Yeah. So what do you do? You start groping in the dark. You feel this is a table, this is a bench, this is a chair, until there's a wall, until you finally get to the door. The Jerusalem Talmud is compared to being in a room where light is on. And there's the door. It'll go straight to the door. So in the Babylonian Talmud, you find this thing of going back and forth, questions and answers, deeper and deeper, one other question, another question. And so it's, it's, it's not at all like the Jerusalem Talmud where there's a clear light, clear vision, here's the answer. So in order for Reb Zera to be able to learn the Jerusalem Talmud, he wanted to forget the Babylonian Talmud because it's a whole different kind of way of learning. That previous learning didn't help him with the new learning. It would, it would have messed him up. Now, although, not really relevant, but although the halacha follows the Babylonian Talmud, 
There's something, there is an advantage in the Babylonian Talmud because when you go to the questions and answers, you get deeper. You get to a deeper light, a higher kind of light. It's kind of like in life, when you go to, if a person makes a mistake, the Tanakhamara says that the mistakes you make allow you to do tshuva. And when you do tshuva, you reach a higher level than a tzai that, can, that even a tzai cannot reach. So the mistakes itself can propel you to be reach a higher level. But it's obvious that there's an advantage that a tzaddik has over someone who is not a tzaddik. It's obvious that, that yes, a Balshuva has an advantage over a tzaddik, but certainly a tzaddik has an advantage over Balshuva as well. So that's, that's what the Jerusalem Talmud is about. Jerusalem Talmud is like the light of a tzaddik. It's clear, it's, it's, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, there's no darkness. There is an advantage of the Babylonian Talmud. And we follow the halacha Babylonian Talmud. As the Gemara says, you cannot understand the Torah unless you misunderstand it first. Your initial assessment, your initial comprehension of Torah is, all, is, is definitely going to be missing something. And unless you realize what you're missing, what you're missing unless you, you feel you've missed something and you feel there's, there's some mistake here, you're not going to go deeper. You cannot understand the Torah unless you first misunderstand. So the, the Jerusalem Talmud, because it's so clear, there's no misunderstanding, it's not able to get deeper. Not able to go to the, to the higher place like about Shuvah is able to reach a higher place. L'chaim. So in this um, in this process of keeping this mitzvah, going in God's ways, what Hashem is asking us to do is not just to perform His commandments, but to be changed by them. And that's why the Ramam says, what, "What's this mitzvah?" To, compete, to act in a similar way as much as you can to God's ways. Act as similar as you can to God's ways. The dumb is to, be, to act similar to Hashem's ways as much as you can. In other words, don't be kind but just because of your kindness, because of your mercy, because you're, you have as your soul also likes being kind and merciful. Do this because it's a godly thing. A mitzvah is the will of Hashem. Because Hashem is infinite, Mitzvahs are infinite. So when you do a mitzvah because, it's a, because Hashem gave you a commandment, and that when you're trying to be kind, not because of your feelings of kindness, but you're trying to be connected to Hashem's kindness, so then there's no longer a limit to, how, to the kindness. Then, 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 then there's no um, place where you stop being kind because you're, you're going in God's ways. You're being kind because Hashem is kind. If you're kind because you are kind, you have your limits to how kind you want to be, and then at the end of the day, uh, you're, you're done. You're done. People think that the reason that they um, sometimes mistreat closer people in their life is because they're done, they're spent, they have no energy left. It's not true. You see, a person works very hard, comes home, and then the uh, living room rug is lit on fire or something, and he loses it and he screams, and he, oh, he just don't have no patience, right? Then all of a sudden, he gets a call from someone else. Hello? <laughs> Very sweetly, very kindly, very under... Where does it come from? It's because there's... It's because of someone else. Because someone else is calling. You, you're in the presence of someone else. And you're in your family, you, you feel you can get away with it. That's... The Torah tells us, be kind because God is kind. Don't be kind because it's just... Because if you want to be kind, be kind because, because you want to go in God's ways. You're trying to connect to Hashem. If you do a mitzvah because of your connection to Hashem... Because you're bonding with Hashem in the mitzvah. So the mitzvah propels you farther than it would naturally. Yes, a mitzvah is godly, a mitzvah is holy, and therefore it does have an effect on you. But if you're doing the mitzvah because you want to connect to Hashem, you receive more of the mitzvah's light. The mitzvah brings you to a higher level. And uh, this explains something else. 
the um, the Zohar talks about this thing called shameful bread. Shameful bread means that um, you receive something for free, even though who wouldn't want to get something for free? Nevertheless, when you get something for, something for free, you you feel a little bit embarrassed about it. You don't feel good about it. You feel like ah. This is not really, um, it's not really special. I got it for free. I don't really deserve it. You, you don't feel good about it. When you earn something, then you feel, you, feel, you feel really good about what you've earned. So if the reason the, um, the mitzvah propels us so far is because the infinite quality of the mitzvah, so then it would be like shameful bread. But it's not just the mitzvah itself. It's in order to connect to the mitzvah, we have to, we have to, we have to connect to ourselves. To get to the essence of the mitzvah, you have to get to the essence of ourselves. Only if you do a mitzvah with a sense of mesiris nefesh, that you really care about the mitzvah, that, you really, that this mitzvah matters to you, because this mitzvah is going to connect you to Hashem, and you feel that there's something at stake over here, and you want the mitzvah, you want the connection to Hashem, and you're missing the connection, connection to Hashem, only then will the mitzvah bring you somewhere. And that, there, therefore, it's not just the mitzvah itself. Yes, the mitzvah has an infinite quality in it, and that's why it could bring you to a whole new place, true. But in order to get to that part of the mitzvah, you have to get to the deeper part of yourself. And that's why the Rambam, before giving us the mitzvah of walking in God's ways, gives us another mitzvah. It sounds very similar. The other mitzvah is a boy sidbuk, cleave to God. And the, the um, explanation of cleaving to God, as it says in, in the Talmud, mentioned in chapter 2 in Tanya, cleaving to God means cleave to the wise, cleave to the milchachamim. That since a Talmud Chacham is a man of God, by cleaving to the Talmud Chacham, that's how you cleave to God. So that mitzvah is listed before the mitzvah of walking in God's ways. Why is it listed before? Because in order to be able to walk in God's ways, you have to first cleave to the Talmud Chacham. Why? What's the connection between cleaving to the Talmud Chacham and how, and how is that going to help you walk in God's ways? What's the connection? So... It says in, in Tanya that the, the, the meaning of Chachma, of wisdom, is not merely that you know something. Chachma is made up of two words, Koyachma. Moshe Rabbeinu said about himself, Ma, what are we? The word what indicates Moshe saying, I'm insignificant, I am nothing. Koyachma is the ability to feel insignificant in the presence of Hashem. To feel, as we were learning last week, who is a Chachma, the Gemara says, who is wise? Someone who could see the outcome. The simple sentence of the Talmud is saying, that in the present, you could see their end result. Not just you know what the end result is going to be, but you see in front of your eyes what the end result is. But there's a deeper meaning to this. Who is wise? Someone who could see the noila literally means the birth. Someone who could see how the world is being born every second out of nothingness. Someone who could see that someone's creating the world. If you're aware, if you feel Hashem's creating the world, that's the true meaning of, you know, then you're not in the same place as everyone else. You're always living in the city of truth. You're not in the city of Los Angeles, you're not in the city of New York. You're living in the city of truth. You're living in the place where Hashem is. You, you don't feel a table in the chair. You feel Hashem is creating the world. So not everyone can be in that level. But a Talmud Chacham is a tzaddik who is, who he is very connected to the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah, Alter says that the, the divine sphere divine energy in the highest of the realm of Atsilus is Chachma. What is Chachma? Says the Alter Rebbe that he heard from, he heard from his teacher, the Zichim Magid. It's a place where there it's revealed, Hu Levadi Hu Min 
how Hashem is alone and nothing besides Him. So a Talmud Chacham means someone who feels the world's been created out of nothingness and he feels that all there is is Hashem. That's the meaning of a Talmud Chacham. He feels all there is is Hashem. He feels all there is is Hashem's truth. So by being connected to a tzaddik on that caliber, that allows you to more quickly reveal your neshama. That allows you to be more in touch with your own soul. And then the mitzvahs that you do are done with that sense of not just getting it over with, not just being excited about it at the moment, but being changed. The purpose of, of the Torah using the word should walk in God's ways. The Torah wants it to say to us, this, you, you should be a different person by the mitzvah. The, mitzvah, the mitzvah you've done, it should, it should be a, a changed person. Every mitzvah should change you, should bring you somewhere else. But how does the mitzvah change you? The mitzvah can only change you if you get in touch with the essence of the mitzvah. This is the will of Hashem. And you, and you feel this is Hashem talking to you. How do you feel it's Hashem talking to you? So that's why the, the Raman prefaces the mitzvah of walking in God's ways with cleave to the, to the, to the tzaddik. By cleaving to the tzaddik, it, allow, it, it more easily puts you in touch with your own soul. And when you're in touch with your own soul, when you do a mitzvah more, the sense of Mesir Nefesh, with the sense of, I want to cleave to Hashem. And then the, the godly light in the mitzvah reaches you, and there's, some, there's a change. L'chaim, l'chaim. Should be there. Should go somewhere. Any, any questions? All right, we'll stop here. A good vach, Rabzev. Good vach, Abramel. Good vach, Chaim Peretz.